0: Thanks, worship team. Are you grateful for our worship team here at Meadowbrook? They they are especially happy today because we're only doing one service. And for a year, they have been here like 7.30 every Sunday morning, getting ready, doing two services in a row, staying for all of both Uh, And we have many volunteers who have done that, and we're grateful for all of them. Kids ministry workers are doing the same thing. And so thank you to all of you who do that for us. We hope you enjoy a bit of a summer break as we go down to one service for a while. How's your elbow room this morning? You remember why we went to two services in the first place? Um, And we have lots of guests here too today, which is awesome. And so if you are here because you are celebrating with the families of those who are being baptized today, uh, we welcome you today. And we're glad that you're here to celebrate with us. That's an awesome thing. So I'm going to share from God's Word just for a few minutes, and then we're going to hear from our candidates themselves who are going to share their testimonies, and then we're going to head into the tank, which is over here. So if you have a Bible, turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians 2, if you need a Bible, there is a Bible on the pew in front of you, and it's page 1183 in that Bible, if you want to read along with us. Colossians chapter 2. And I said to the baptism candidates uh, this week, as we were just getting ready, we had a meeting uh, last weekend just to prepare our kind of final steps for this, and I said, every time we do a water baptism service, there's kind of an electricity in the air. It's always a special Sunday. It always feels a bit different than the other Sundays. And for those of you who have already been baptized, I find for myself, I'm usually remembering my own baptism service, however many years ago maybe that was for you, and you take some time to remember uh, the meaning of that and, and where God has brought you and take you through that time. But today is an exciting day because for about 2,000 years, water baptism has been the sign that marked someone as a follower of Jesus. Now, in the Old Testament, uh, that used to be circumcision. And as a man, I'm telling you, the New Testament way is better, for sure. The Old Testament, it was circumcision. We're going to read that in our text today. The New Testament, it's water baptism. That has been the sign. And uh, it has been the way that you tell if someone is a follower of Jesus or not. And Bruxy Cavey, uh, a teaching pastor in Oakville, puts it this way. He says, baptism is the citizenship ceremony of the kingdom of heaven. That is to say, when somebody has said, I believe in Jesus and I am choosing to follow Jesus, I'm going to walk in the ways of the kingdom of heaven, uh, we don't believe that that happens because of baptism, but baptism becomes the ceremony that celebrates that decision that has been made. And so in baptism, that is a way that we tell the world, I have decided to follow Jesus. It's a way we demonstrate to everybody that we have made a commitment and we are walking after him. Uh, Max Licato says baptism is what separates the tire kickers from the car buyers. Baptism is the sign that somebody says, I'm all in when it comes to Jesus. I'm serious about my walk with him. And we certainly uh, have no expectations of perfection on anybody. Nobody uh, does this perfectly. We are all sort of works in progress, doing the best we can to understand God and understand his ways and to live that out. But baptism is the way that we tell the world, I've made that decision. And so we don't believe that anyone goes to heaven because of the ceremony. Uh, What we often say is baptism is an outward sign of an inward Change. It's an outward demonstration of an inward decision. So inside, we have made the decision, I trust Jesus, I believe in Jesus, I will follow Jesus. And baptism becomes an outward expression of that sign. Uh, It's not a perfect analogy, but we often use the picture of marriage when we talk about baptism, in that if you have been dating somebody for a while and you're getting serious and you're falling in love uh, and you realize you're compatible and you want the same things and you, you feel like this is the person you want to marry, there's a point in your relationship where uh, you say, all right, let's make this official, right? We are going in the same direction. We are on the same page. We love each other. We want to have kids together. Uh, we want to build a life together. So let's make this official. Uh, let us go through and, and actually take that step of marriage. And in the Bible, God often uses this picture of marriage for his relationship. Uh, with his people. In the Old Testament and the New Testament, it's as if we have gotten married, and and that's not to draw upon the romantic metaphor, as much as it just draws upon the commitment metaphor, that God has made a commitment to us, and we make a commitment to him. And in baptism, we say, let's make it official. Let's stand up, just like a wedding, in front of our loved ones, in front of our friends. Let's make a commitment uh, in front of everyone, demonstrating uh, the love that we have for the Lord and the commitment that we are making to him. And So his commitment to us is, I will forgive your sins, I will watch over you and protect you, I will lead you in the way you should go, and our commitment to him is, we will follow your ways. We will follow in the ways of Jesus. We will do our best to the best of our ability to follow after your word, and we will live a life devoted to you. So how many people here, uh, by a show of hands, and it won't be everybody, but how many people here have been baptized in water already? Raise your hand, just leave them there for a second. Raise your hand up. So candidates, look around for a second. Every hand raised has been in your seat right now, nervous and butterfly-y and just kind of wanting to get it over with and, and yet excited and passionate. You can put your hands down. But this has been the sign that says, I have decided to follow Jesus. And if your hand was up, you've, you've taken that step already. And that's the step that you guys are taking today. You are joining that club of all the hands that were raised here. And not just raised here, but raised in churches all around the world. And not just today, but for 2,000 years, people have been taking this step to say, I will follow Jesus. So let's take a look at our text today. And uh, we will be in Colossians chapter 2, starting in verse 9. For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. In him, you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands. Your whole self, ruled by the flesh, was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. We'll circle back around to that. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead. So we're just going to touch on a couple of points here in this text today. First of all, verse 9, in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. This is basic uh, Christian theology that in Jesus the fullness of God became human. In Jesus God became man. The word became flesh, John the Apostle says. And in that Jesus comes near to us from heaven and shows us what heaven wants from us in our lives. He shows us the perfect way to live. He teaches us the way that we should go. And as God in the flesh walks among us, he shows us what the way of love looks like, what the way of peace looks like, what the ways of God looks like. And he says, now follow me. Follow my example. And as we trust that God is the one who came down and taught and led in these things, and that he shows his love most perfectly in his cross, where he laid his life down for us because he loved us so much, we say, because that is God walking among us, that is someone we can trust. His words are trustworthy. His ways are trustworthy. I can follow after his example. He is worthy to be followed because God came and showed his love for us in such an incredible way. In Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form, verse 10, and in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. There's this wonderful promise that in Jesus, you will be brought to the fullness of what life can be. Jesus says, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. In other words, I came to bring you into the best life you can live. As you follow in the ways of heaven, I'm going to show you what the fullness of a good life can be like. Once your sins have been forgiven, once you are filled with the Holy Spirit, once you are walking in the ways of God, in Christ you have been brought to fullness. And so even though we are going through a ceremony that every Christian goes through, if they are a follower of Jesus, and even though uh, churches you know, will have one purpose and one mission statement maybe and come together under one banner or one denomination or whatever, at the same time, it's not that Jesus comes to make us all the same. Jesus comes to make us who we were made to be. That God has created you with your own purpose, God has created you with your own gifts, God has created you with your own personality, and yet because there is sin and, the evil, sin and evil in the world, we have all been affected negatively by that. We have all been bound up, we have all been wounded, we have all been hurt. Uh, by the consequences of evil in this world. Jesus comes to pull us out of that so that we can be the person that he actually created us to be. That in him we are brought into the fullness of what life can be. And the Bible word for this is redemption that who he made us to be as as much as we have been through hardships in life and as much as we have been hurt by life and as much as we have been affected by sin and affected by evil, Jesus comes to redeem all of that so that we can become who he originally made us to be, that we would be saved in every way through him. In Christ you have been brought to fullness. Moving on, verse 11, the fun verse, "'In him you were also circumcised with a circumcision not performed by human hands.'" Your whole self ruled by the flesh was put off when you were circumcised by Christ. There weren't a lot of pictures I could throw on the screen for this verse. So I put a guy who's happy he doesn't have to be circumcised anymore. So in the Old Testament, the sign of of the fact that you were a person of God, that you were a follower of God, was that you were circumcised and the jewish people still do this as a ceremony today and the symbolism of that is that the bible talks about uh, something called the flesh which is it means our our literal flesh our flesh and blood Uh, but it is the part of us that uh, is selfish it's the part of us that wants what it wants it's the part of us that doesn't want to follow god it's the part of us that wants to do its own thing so in the symbolism of circumcision a little bit of the flesh is cut away just don't cringe too hard men we'll get through this quickly A bit of the flesh is cut away as a symbol that you're putting off that old sinful self, Uh, that the sinful side is is being put aside because you are choosing to be devoted to God instead. So that's the circumcision uh, ceremony. But in the New Testament, after Jesus has died and risen from the dead, uh, scripture says we don't have to do that anymore. Jesus has done that for us symbolically, in that as we follow after him, we are putting aside that old way anyway. We don't need a ceremony to celebrate that. We are putting the flesh aside. We are putting the sinful side aside. We are choosing to follow after him. We are going in that way. So as we do that, uh, it's not just that we are forgiven our sins. That's amazing. That would be pretty good. That would be plenty. That we have sinned against God scripture says, we all like sheep have gone astray. Uh, Each of us has turned to their own way. But in Jesus, we have been forgiven. And again, that's amazing that, that God does not count my sins against me anymore. That would be reason to thank him forever. And yet there's more, like the old TV commercials say. There's more to this whole thing. It's not just that you're forgiven. It's that the promise comes as well that says you will be forgiven, not just forgiven, but you will be healed, you will be redeemed, you will be restored, you will be brought into the fullness of life. It's the promise of Jesus for us. That you have been brought into the fullness of life. And so circumcision was a symbol that the fleshy side of us was being put aside out of devotion to God. We don't have to do that anymore because baptism has replaced that old ceremony. And in baptism is where we get the picture that Jesus wants us to go through today. Last verse, verse 12. Having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through your faith in the working of God who raised him from the dead. Uh, These few verses we've shared, in a way, it's kind of the whole gospel in a nutshell. Just the whole gospel in a few verses that Jesus went to the cross because our sin needed to be dealt with. That if God is just, then sin has to be punished. If, If we have offended God, if we have hurt others, that sin has to get dealt with in some way. And so Jesus goes to the cross for us. He stands up and he willingly says, I will take that punishment that sin deserves. I will take that myself. And so the punishment that we deserved gets put on him. And he does that willingly. He actually is excited to do that for us because he loves us so much. Like any good parent, he says, I'll take the punishment. Uh, I'll take that on myself. And he lays down his life for us. And so our sin is dealt with. And yet we still have this thing looming over us, which is uh, at the end of life, there is death. Right? So the cross deals with the sin problem, but there's still death looming over us, and Scripture says that Jesus is put into the tomb, and on the third day, on Easter Sunday, he comes out of the tomb, and as he comes out of the tomb, all of a sudden death has lost its power forever because the dead person didn't stay dead anymore. And the finality of death is defeated in Jesus, and Scripture calls him the first fruits from among the dead. He's the first one of many that even though there is an end of life here on earth, there is not an end of life, period, because life has been given to us in Jesus. And so in baptism, you're going to see as we go into the tank, there's a picture of it here. Uh, we believe in baptizing backwards and under the water, which as the one who's doing the baptizing is the hardest possible way to baptize somebody. But we like that here, and there's a good reason for that. Some churches just do a straight up dunk, and some do sprinkling, and there's a lot of different ways it can happen. But we like to do it backwards. So they're going to go into the tank, and they're going to go under the water like this and come back up again. And there's a symbolism behind that, that Jesus was laid into the tomb, and then on the third day, he rose again. And in in baptism, we are connecting and identifying with that picture, that I, like a sheep, have gone astray. I've gone to my own ways. I've chosen to reject God in my life. I've chosen my own path. Uh, There are many ways for all of us where we've said to God, I don't need you. But Jesus died and he rose again. And the call for us is die to that old, selfish, sinful way and rise again into new life in Jesus, the fullness of life. Rise again into that. And so just as Jesus was laid into the tomb and came up again like this, we also baptize people as a way of saying, you've laid your old way aside, you're rising to a new life, the fullness of life, as you follow after him, as you walk in this way. And again, many in this room have made that decision already. When Jesus died, he dies for our sin. When he rises, he brings us to new life. And so we go into the waters of baptism. There's also obviously this kind of water symbolism that you go in dirty, you come up clean. Not that you guys are dirty today. I'm not suggesting that. But you, you are getting washed. You are being cleansed. You are going in with your sins. And then as the water covers you, you're coming out and you're leaving your sins in the water as you're being cleansed. So there's a lot of beautiful symbolism to this. And as we go through this today, uh, we're going to hear from our candidates now, because every one of them has a story. Every one of them has something that Jesus has done for them, and every story is unique. There is no right or wrong story. Um, You should have got a booklet on the way in that has uh, some of these stories in there, um, and not just for the baptism candidates, but everybody who was up here today had shared their story as they come into membership. But we're going to hear from the actual baptism candidates today. We have four who are being baptized, and uh, as they share their story, please remember with Grace and compassion, what it's like to be up here uh, on your baptism Sunday and the nerves and the butterflies. Let's have lots of love and support come in their way as they come up to do this. And so, we have three members of our congregation up here uh, getting baptized. And then, if you don't know, we have a Laotian congregation. They meet downstairs on Sunday mornings and they are uh, people of the Lao heritage and they speak their own language down there. They worship in their own language and uh, several of them don't speak English. And so, we have one member of our Laotian congregation who is going to be baptized. Uh, and so I'm going to invite Samdi to come up. Samdi is going to read a translation. Nongnut can join us as well. And so she has written out her, her testimony in her language. It's been translated, and Samdi is going to read it on her behalf. Would you welcome her, please, as she comes up to share today?
1: I'm glad to be back home. Amen. <laughs> I have uh, to be, uh, read this uh, testimony of her for you because I already explained this to her yesterday, but today I'm going to read English for your guide. My testimony of how I came to trust in Christ Jesus as my Savior. My name is Nongnut Tamsuna. I came, I come from Thailand and came to Canada 2007 as a worker. Before I came uh, to receive Christ as my personal my personal Lord Savior, I have always been Buddhist believer. One day in 2008, a worker asked me to go to attend the church with her, so I went with her. To, Not understanding anything about Jesus, I never really understood the gospel of Christ until I went to church every Sunday with my friends, and I began reading the Bible and prayers and to God and discussing with my uh, what what I heard in the Bible was saying with uh, Christian friends. Two years ago, I moved from North Leamington Church, uh, Le- uh, Church Leamington, to Joy Lao Congregation over here in MB Church. And to this, I came to realize that I was uh, sinners, uh, separate from God, and deserved to be uh, eternal, uh, a separate, separate from God. Rome 3, verse 23 said, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. I also come to understand that God loved me so much that he sent his son, Jesus, and he came to earth and specific uh, call to die for my sins. Finally, I came to know that understand that there was no way I could be good enough to work my way to heaven. Only Jesus' way, John 14, 16, uh, John fourteen six. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No, no one come to the fathers except through me. I, realize, no, I, I really know uh, who Jesus was, and I believe my faith um, gets stronger with the Lord, praying myself and he had answered my prayers, applied for a permanent residence and got approved last year. I am getting know that what my suppose is on this earth, to love God and to believe Jesus has died for on the cross for my sin. He is my Savior's. Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> Glory to God. Amen. Amen.
0: So we are going to pray for each of our candidates as they come into the tank. Uh, but let's invite Chris Claussen to come on forward. And you saw Chris helping lead us in some worship today. And Chris is going to share his story.
2: Morning think of all these years of playing up here would help with the nerves, it doesn't. (laughs) Hi, my name is Chris Clausen, and I'm 26 years old. I grew up in a very loving Christian home. My parents were the ones who taught me and my sister about Jesus and the love he has for us. They taught us how to pray and basically how to live a good Christian life. We never really attended church on Sundays when I was growing up, but I did attend after-school Bible studies, and eventually started attending junior youth here at Meadowbrook by an invite from one of my cousins. Even though I was attending these programs, I never really took my faith seriously. I would come mostly to hang out with my friends, and on occasion cause headaches for the youth leaders, which I am now, so I get that. <laughs> but Jesus would start to work in me when I moved up to senior youth. There's what, that's where I was first introduced to the world of worship music, and also fellow students who seemed to be more serious about their faith. It still took me a while, but on a winter retreat at Camp Crossroads... The youth band was playing, and I just remember closing my eyes and asking Jesus to forgive me and to be my personal Lord and Savior. After that moment, things started falling into place a little more. I would eventually get on the youth worship team, and I was even asked by Leah if I could help on her Sunday team. He also had me go back to youth to be a leader to help other kids in their spiritual journeys. He has continued to help me through countless obstacles in my life, whether it be helping me lose over 180 pounds to lift me out of pits of depression that I thought I would never climb out of and getting me through my grandma's passing. Instead of blaming God and going into a dark spiral, I just remember being filled with a sense of peace and comfort. A verse that has always stood out to me, and even though I have tattooed on my arm, is from Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. No matter what obstacles are in my path, I know Jesus with me every step of the way. Thank you.
0: I just love that every story is different and everyone has their own encounter with Jesus, which is an awesome thing. Luke, come on, join us up here. Everybody say, hi, Luke. Luke Luke Ends
3: coming to the stage. Good morning. Uh, So for those of you who don't know me, my name is Luke Eds. I'm 20 years old and I've been attending Meadowbrook Church my whole life and I really like it here. Growing up in a Christian home was just another blessing that God placed into my life. I'm the youngest of three with two older brothers, but now I'm bigger than them, so I can fight back against them. Um, Without my parents teaching me about Jesus at a young age, I don't know where I would be. I remember giving my life to Jesus at a young age. I asked him to forgive me of my sins and to be my savior at around four years old. Once I began high school is where things started to change. I was only reading the Bible once every few months, rarely praying, and in general, not seeking God. Towards the end of high school, I had experienced alcohol, and I had also smoked weed a handful of times. Pornography had also become a normal thing to me. I knew it was wrong, but I wasn't fighting against it. I quickly realized that these things would only bring you a temporary joy, but afterwards you are left feeling the same. I am thankful to God because there is a stronger fight inside of me to push back against these things. I wasn't... Sorry. The honest answer... I really started thinking, if God came back right now, would I be ready? The honest answer was no. I wasn't living for Jesus. I wasn't telling anyone the struggles that I had, so I wasn't getting any better. The problem with that is sin thrives in darkness. Recently, I've started to hang out with other believers, opened up with what I'm struggling with, and I'm getting back into reading the Bible. Before, it used to feel like a chore or something to check off the list, but now I actually enjoy it. I felt the old me who wanted to follow Jesus coming back again. All the glory goes to God for being by my side through my journey and for pulling me back to him where I need to be. A verse that I really like is in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm excited about the future where I can grow and keep learning about Jesus so I can have a positive impact on others. Thank you.
0: takes guts, right, to come up here and share these stories. God bless you, Luke, and thanks for opening up. Rebecca, are you around? Everyone say hi, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. <laughs> Rebecca is newer to our church. She's actually getting married uh, just in a couple months, which is exciting. And she's going to tell us her story of what Jesus has done for her.
4: Oh, my legs feel like jello. <laughs> So hi, I'm Rebecca. Um, I'm 21 years old. Uh, so I grew up in oh, I'm so nervous. So I grew up in a traditional Mennonite home, knowing of God's presence since I was born. My parents have done their best to leave me in, in God's way, and taught me that this was someone to always rely on. Um, so when I aged into early adolescence, I started to really struggle with my mental health, and I was kind of mad at God. But uh, years passed, and after taking, talking to numerous mentors I've had in my life, I came to the decision to just trust God. He had made me this way in His image, and I had a purpose. During this time, I also found my gift and desire to help people. I have been helping people with disabilities for the past two years, and the rewards it has blessed me with are endless. When I came to Meadowbrook Church last year, I finally found my home church and my church family. My eyes have been opened to a whole new walk with Jesus. And then just to tie things together, um, Matthew 28, verses 19 to 20. uh, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of age.
0: So we're going to see them all in the tank in just a couple of minutes. So what's going to happen now is we are just going to go get ready. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. And just uh, keeping this attitude of celebration and worship to Jesus, we're going to worship for a few minutes while we get ready. And then we're going to be in the tank. When we get into the tank, we have uh, a few uh, Bible theological questions that we ask the candidates to affirm as they take this step of faith. Uh, then we pray for them, and we ask God to bless them in their walk with Jesus. And then we baptize them. And, uh, and let's keep this love and support going for them as they're in there, because they're almost done. They're at the finish line, and they've been doing such a great job as we go through this. So I'm going to ask you to stand to your feet as we worship for a few more minutes. You. Right, you can go ahead and take your seats. Everyone say hi to Nom again. So, Samdi's going to translate our theological questions, and then normally we would take time to bless and pray, uh, but doing that in English uh, might not mean too much for her, and so Samdi and Pastor Sanguin are going to go with her downstairs, and they're going to do the blessing there in their own language, and their church body's going to come together and bless her there, just so you know why we're doing things a little bit differently this time. But we have three questions that we like to ask, is going to translate. So, do you believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of the Living God? Do you believe that his death and resurrection have brought you to salvation? Is it your intention to follow the Lord Jesus all the days of your life? No, yes. <laughs> upon the confession of your faith presence of these witnesses. We baptize you in the name of the Father, and of
5: the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
0: was transformed in every way, physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually. You have transformed this man by your grace and by your awesome power, and you continue to transform him day by day. So Holy Spirit, continue your work in his life, because you have promised us that he who began the good work will see it through to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. And so we pray, Lord, that you will mark every day of his life with your grace and with your transformation, purpose as you lead him forward in the way that he should go as you protect him from where the enemy would seek to trip him up as you fill him with your holy spirit more and more and as you make him more and more continually into the man that you've created him to be we bless the man of god in jesus name we pray and everybody said amen of your faith in the presence of these witnesses. We baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. that his death and resurrection have brought you to salvation? Yes. Do you intend to follow the Lord Jesus all the days of your life? Yes. Let's pray for Luke. Father, thank you for this man and what you have brought him through and how you have shown your mercy and how you have shown your love to him. And Father, we bless uh, even just the way that he has shared today. There's the openness and the transparency, the willingness to open his heart up in front of others. And we pray, Lord, that Uh, as he lives his life that way, that others will see your grace and others will see your mercy, that many will come to Jesus through this man Shares his story of how your grace has touched his life. And your word says that you oppose the proud, but you give grace to the humble. And just the humility that he has shown, even just today, in sharing the way he shared, we pray that he will just always have an abundance of your grace in his life. That your grace will always be sufficient for everything he goes through throughout his life, Lord. That grace would be one of the banners that mark him as he goes about everything that you've called him to be, Lord. Lead him in the way that he should go. Show him the steps of his life. Show him the paths that he should take. Show him which decisions to make when he's at a crossroads. Lead him by your spirit. Fill him with your wisdom. Keep him safe from the schemes of the enemy, Lord, and lead him in the ways everlasting. We ask all of this together in Jesus' name. Amen. Upon the confession of your faith in the presence of these witnesses we baptize you in the name of the Father
5: and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit
0: the woman of God, and we bless who you have formed her to be, and who you have called her to be, who you have purposed her to be. We bless uh, even the next couple of months as she is getting married in this awesome, incredible step, uh, and we bless her and Dane as they take those steps, and we pray, Lord, that uh, from the very beginning you will establish this marriage on good, strong ground with you as Lord and with them, in love with each other, and Lord, your blessing and protection and grace over that marriage. And as Rebecca moves through her life, Lord, we thank you for how you have redeemed that where there were dark times and there were times of struggle, you have taken those things and you have redeemed them for good. And now as she reaches out to others and blesses others who are struggling and others who need a helping hand, Lord, uh, you are taking everything that she has been through and you are turning it around for your And I pray that that will mark every part of her life, Lord, that your goodness will mark everything that she does in life that as she continues to love others and reach out to others and help others, that many others would be touched by your goodness and would be transformed by your goodness in the incredible work of redemption that you have worked in her life. Let it overflow and spill over into others and the sweetness that you've given her, the joy that you've given her, just let that rise above and beyond and let it just impact the world as she lets her light shine and as others encounter you through her as she lives her life pray, Lord, that you will lead her throughout her life, mark her steps, direct her in the way that she should go, protect her from where the enemy would plan to trip her up or discourage her. We pray that she will be filled to overflowing with the Holy Spirit, with the hope and faith that comes with following after you, and that your love would always be a confident assurance in her heart that she is loved by you, that she is known by you, that she is called by you, and that she belongs to you. We ask this all in agreement, in Jesus' name. upon the confession of your faith in the presence of these witnesses, we baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. service is done so what's going to happen now is the candidates are all going to be in the lobby and just encourage you to go and give them a hug or give them a high five and just offer your congratulations to them they're going to hang out over by the hub for a few minutes. Uh, We're a little bit early for lunch, so lunch won't quite be ready uh, yet anyway, I don't think. We shot for 11.30. Uh, So take your time and go say hi and do some visiting by all means, and then we're going to head down to the gym. I'm going to say grace now, so when the gym doors open and they're ready to go, uh, you can just grab your food, grab a seat, uh, take your time. We're going to spend the day together. But let's pray just to seal the day. We'll say grace, and then we'll move on with our morning. Father, thank you. For all the new life that you have brought about and everything that we celebrate today, thank you for... Uh, just how you have saved, restored, healed, redeemed, and uh, we just celebrate you in the midst of all of that and how you have changed so many lives. And we pray, Lord, that as we continue with our day, that your presence will be with us. We thank you for the food that we are about to receive. We thank you for those who have taken the time to prepare it for us. We pray, Lord, that you stay with us with your presence today, that today is a day of joy and celebration as we rejoice in you and what you can do when someone follows after you. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here today.